This is Audio Shelf, a place where we take you on a fantastic journey through our audiobook adventures. We are Brad and Brittany, the voices in your head. Chugga 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 Choo choo! Guess what time it is, guys? It is the girl on the train. So exciting. I am so excited about this book. Me too. This was an amazing one by Paula Hawkins, narrated by three narrators. Three? Three. Claire Corbett, Louise Brealey, and India Fisher. The publisher was Penguin Audio, and the audiobook was released on January 13th, 2015. The duration is 10 hours and 59 minutes. I mean, 11 hours, let's be real. 11, yeah. (laughs) Let's just make it round. (laughs) And then the genre was psychological thriller, mystery, suspense. So this book was one of our favorites. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Definitely. We downloaded this book when it first, kind of like when it first came out. We read all these Entertainment Weekly articles about it. it it was was, everywhere. It was in the news and everything. So we just had to get our little paws on this book. Yes. And the book, if you're not familiar with it, it takes place in London. There's three different people, Rachel, Megan, and Anna. And Rachel, she's pretty much the main. Yeah. yeah. I would say Mm -hmm. they would focus on her more. She takes the commuter train every day to work, and when she is going through the stops, she passes a certain house, mm-hmm. and she she mentions in the beginning that she has a very active imagination, mm-hmm. and so she sees a married couple, and she imagines their life together. Yes. And then one day, the woman in the relationship- Goes missing. Goes missing. Poof. Yeah. And so it's really kind of an interesting whodunit. Because you don't know, you don't know who to trust. Mm-hmm. You don't even know if you can trust Rachel. Exactly. She's a very unreliable narrator. Yes. And the thing about this novel was that as you listen to it more and more, you find out how messed up Rachel's life is mm-hmm. and how horrible of a situation she found herself in because she then starts to kind of try to put the puzzle pieces together with this woman's disappearance. So, you know, we're on a journey with Rachel to yeah. find out what happened. And th- through the course of it, you uh, see uh, Megan's perspective, and then you also hear Anna's perspective, who is the new wife of Rachel's ex-husband. Yes. So there's a little tension there. Yes, a little tension. And as we go on, you're going to talk about, you're going you're to see the tension that we have towards Anna too. Yes. First, I think we are introduced to Claire Corbett early on, very like from the very beginning, and I think that she has an amazing voice. She was probably one of my favorite audiobook narrators so far with a British accent. Yes. I have to emphasize that because when I first started listening to the book, it was hard for me to catch on with what she was saying because Paula Hawkins, the author, is from England and all the narrators are from England. So it was really hard for me to kind of understand what they were saying. They were saying like foreign words. You had difficulty words. with that? I mean, I'm not that smart. <laughs> yes, you... Oh my God, stop. <laughs> Especially when it's from another country and I just... It took me a while to get adjusted to to listening to this. That's interesting Mm because I feel like it didn't take me very long. I mean, I'm not used to that either, but I just, with all the narrators, they did such a wonderful job with like enunciating things. They did. They did. They did. So I I don't think I had much trouble. Mm -hmm. I was also speeding it up. Mm. The fact that it was 10 hours and 59 minutes long kind of was like, all right, Brad, we need to get this done. (laughs) 
And so I, I sped it up and I want to talk a little bit about that with the narrators because I found myself speeding up certain narrators, different people. Like for Rachel, I kept it at normal speed because I just liked the way she read the story. Mm-hmm. But for Anna, I was like, let's speed this little wench up because yeah. first of all, I hated her voice. Oh God, her voice is... Ugh. I mean, India Fisher, an amazing job at and making us hate this woman. Exactly. An amazing job. But I just hated the character of Anna so much that it just took away from liking this voice. Everyone told me I was insane to agree to move into Tom's house. But then everyone thought I was insane to get involved with a married man, let alone a married man whose wife was highly unstable. So let's talk about Rachel for a minute, because since she is the main speaker of the story, Mm -hmm. the way she reads is so profound. Yeah. Because she just, she has this breathy quality to her that you imagine Rachel having. I just felt so sad for her. Yeah. And it was amazing how she could, I mean, Rachel was a sad character. Claire really put that into her portrayal of Rachel. I mean, every feeling and emotion that Rachel was experiencing, I felt like Claire was there. She was present. She was feeling it. Yeah. And And she brought us to to it. Yeah, exactly. Which, I mean, is probably Paula's writing, but then also coupled with Claire's reading of it. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Because I imagine other narrators would have went in and just kind of read the book as mm-hmm. is. Because throughout the whole novel, and when you're listening to it, there's a lot going on, but it's very subtle. Yeah. And I felt like with another narrator, it was it would have been quick. It would have been, you know, I'm on the train. I'm looking at these people. These people are doing things that I wish that were happening to me. Yeah. And then... That was it. But yeah. with her, it was like, I want to train, sad about my life, wishing and vying for this life of these people that I'm watching. Mm-hmm. And you could feel the sadness. And I, it's interesting because that the reading that you were just talking about, the kind that just kind of sound bored, is how I felt about Megan's voice starting yeah. off. Okay. I felt like she just didn't seem to be in it at first, which probably lent itself to Megan not being happy with her life because that's the true. character was not happy and with where she was in life right mm-hmm. at that moment. And that's another thing is I don't think any of these characters were happy. I think they're just their lives were just so convoluted with everything. It's just there is no reason to be mm-hmm. happy for any of these characters. Yeah, it was interesting to just hear how each of these people. I really loved having three. Mm -hmm. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Because the book is separated with names. Yes. So instead of chapters, there's Rachel, Megan, Anna. Anna. It was really powerful to kind of have that just extra thing about that yeah. nar- the narration is having three different readers. Yeah. And all of the reading was great. I mean, I already talked about how I felt like Megan was really getting that depression across a lot. But all the pauses each narrator did mm-hmm. were phenomenal. I mean, there was... I mean, I kind of made note of it saying that it was almost like poetic. Kind it of, was. And they did their pauses. It was, was very poetic. And I think it's the culture, too. Yeah. I think it's that culture culture of being from England, being very slow, but then yet distinct. And, and intentional. Intentional, yes. Intentional. So I think that the pauses were needed. Yeah. But if you're looking for a fast-paced thriller, this is the, narr- the audiobook for you. Yeah. I feel like this is one of those slow build-ups. Yeah. It's very, it's very slow, but every twist in the novel... I mean, there's 
slow, subtle twist to, to this book. And that's the interesting part about this, is that everything goes together. The characters fit so well, and they're all different, but they fit really great together. And mm-hmm. the narrators, their breathing was on point. There was never any part where I felt like someone was gasping too much. Mm-hmm. Even in the exciting parts, it was mm-hmm. just very well done. Yeah, that leads us to the interest of the story is when Rachel was going through her desire to drink. Yeah. Because that's one thing that's about, you know, a characteristic of, of Rachel is that she likes to drink. Mm-hmm. And her favorite drink was a gin and tonic in a can, mm-hmm. which, which I'm so mad America does not have that. America. America. You gotta get on it. Get it together. Get your gin and cans. Or whatever <sighs> That's it my is. favorite drink. But anyway. <laughs> um, but but the fact that she was, I felt Rachel's withdrawal. I felt her addiction. I felt her sadness and depression. I just felt all of that from this narrator. And then also the the sultry, seductive from Megan. Yeah. I, I felt that along the way too, because there is a scene where Megan's with someone in the in the novel that she's kind of intimate with. And there's just so much feeling behind that. I was like, oh my God, this is, mm-hmm. this is so wrong, but it feels so right. It feels so right. It felt so right. She seduced me. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> Megan Hipwell, seductress. Mm. That's her job title. So let's talk about Anna. Ugh. Or vent about Anna. We hate her. Anyway. She's gross. Yes. In the novel, and this isn't a huge spoiler, Anna and Rachel's husband have a baby together. Yes. Her name is Evie. And scenes with Anna and Evie just make me want to claw this woman's eyes out. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So she has this laissez-faire approach with Evie. And it's hands-off, I don't want to be the mother to Evie that I need to be. I'm going to hire this nanny. And, you know, I just... But I want to have this perfect life with Tom, which is Rachel's husband. Yeah, and then she wants to almost rub it in Rachel's face. Ugh. Although, I mean, Rachel does come around a lot. She's She stalks a little She's bit, but there. who doesn't? I know, I know. You never stalked anybody? Right. I mean, if you haven't stalked, you haven't lived. lived. <laughs> we, we That's said, not, well. that didn't come out how I wanted it to come out. <laughs> We're not crazy. <laughs> Promise. No, it's just like everyone does it either on Facebook mm-hmm. or in some way. Hopefully you're doing it just on Facebook. Yeah. Don't stalk somebody in real life because that's creepy. Don't call people like... In the middle of the night. This is sounding PSA-ish. It is. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just how we feel. Don't be creepy. <laughs> but yeah, so Rachel does kind of deserve the awkwardness a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but then, but then at a certain point Anna gets like vindictive with it. Yes. And then you can see her facade of her perfect life kind of crumbling at mm-hmm. a certain point because she starts to realize that all this stuff with Rachel, there has to be a reason behind why Rachel is doing this. You don't know what it is, but I mean, Anna starts to, I don't know, stop being a jerk at a certain point. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's a jerk throughout the whole thing, so that's a lie. But like, ugh, mm. I just can't with Anna. Exactly. She just makes me, mm. But good job, India. Yeah. Good job with that one. Yeah. India, your voice for Anna. Your reading for Anna was amazing. Mm -hmm. It was really great. So let's talk about the 10 hours and 59 minutes. Do you think that was too long or do you think it was too short? I thought it was perfect. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just, I felt like everything went together so well, like a puzzle that the 11 hours were Mm -hmm. well spent. It went by fast. Yeah, it did go by very fast. I wasn't expecting an 11 hour book to be finished in three days. Yeah. I, I mean, I stayed up like all night listening to this. Like, I think I finished it in a day. Yeah, I think weird. you did. I went, yeah. I think you were, you called me like, oh my God, I just finished. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. I mean, I had like an IV going in <laughs> me to bring me fluids. Not really. 
Better not be no gin and tonic in a can. <laughs> like Rachel, I just like replaced the hydration with like actual alcohol. <laughs> okay, so one thing I want to talk about with the with the voices is that Claire does a really great job with male voices, and I thought it was interesting how some of the stories they don't really overlap, but some of the characters from Megan and Anna and Rachel's lives they do cross paths. So there's a scene where Megan is with a therapist Mm -hmm. and she's describing him and she's doing his voice and her male voices are okay. They're not, they're not like Claire's male voices, but it's okay. Mrs. Hipwell, I'm so sorry to have kept you waiting, he says. It's all right. And the way that Louise does the description of Kamal's nature is just very soft Mm -hmm. and nice, kind Mm -hmm. of. Uh, And then when Rachel sees him, her interpretation of him is very just to the point. Kamal shook his head. Rachel, you have told me that you lost your marriage. You lost your job. Do you not think this is punishment enough? Very rigid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it was interesting how he's the same person, but it's just these two different lives mm-hmm. with two different voices are describing him. Exactly. Really different. I like to, of course, credit Paula Hawkins with the writing, but the fact that the narrators in this audiobook yeah. were able to kind of convey this idea of perception of the therapist. For instance, with Louise's Megan, she was perceiving the therapist as very kind and very caring and, and nurturing in a way. Yeah. And also, I mean, let's be real, the therapist did not have amazing boundaries. No. Should have set them a little bit more stricter. Yeah. But the way that Claire read for Rachel, it was very strict and very rigid. And I'm not here to fool around with you in session. We're going to get down to business and get down to what what brings you here. Yeah, exactly. And I just feel like their, their voices paint such an amazing picture of the setting. Yeah. I mean, it's really great. I got a clear image of everything with the train and the house the neighborhood because they spend a lot of time oh, in different yeah. neighborhoods. I want to live in this house. Oh yes. All the houses that they that were described were described in the, in the novel. It's just I want to live there so bad. They sound so pretty. Uh, who has a roof or like a deck on their roof overlooking a train and that's like desirable? Yeah. I would not want a train in my backyard, but these people do, and I yeah. loved it. Yeah. They were like chuck it, chuck it in my backyard all the time. Right. I would have been like turn it down. Or, Shut that train. I mean. I do live across the street from a train, so... Oh, you do? Yeah. Did you ever hear it? Well, now I'm used to it, so no. Hmm. So maybe that's like them. Maybe they don't realize that Rachel's creeping on the train. What if you have a Rachel in your life? And, you... and she's, like, peering through the tra- oh my trees? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. And then they're watching you and Sean. They're like, oh, that's a perfect life. Well, we keep our blinds closed all the time, so I feel hmm. safe. That's true. But I would love... But then love... when we go outside... But I would love a stalker. Don't say that. Well, wait, no, don't talk me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Jenna Maroney from 30 Rock. <laughs> Please don't suck me. <laughs> uh, now, I do have to say that the book that I had was split into two parts. And at the second part, Louise feels like she finally comes into her voice with of Megan. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's when, like, all the exciting stuff is happening. So her take on it is very realistic mm-hmm. to what you would feel if you were going through the same things as Megan was going through. And so I, I liked, throughout the rest of the novel, her take on the depression kind of just subsides a little bit. Which I imagine is because Megan is going through something that mm-hmm. kind of... 
oh, are a little bit more exciting. I, can, I really want you guys to know the twist, but we're not going to give them. No. But you need to read the book. Oh, my Listen gosh. to the book Ugh. before you watch the movie that came out. Yes. So we're not going to talk about the movie today. You're going to have to listen to our next bonus our episode. bonus episode. Movie time. Movie time. Is it going to be movie magic or a movie mess? Ooh. You'll find out. But I, we want you to listen to this audiobook before you watch the movie. Yeah. Because with the characters, you can kind of, or the actors and actresses that played in the movie, you can kind of put them into the novel. And we don't want you to do that. We want you to build your characters, how you imagine them, how they're described, how Paula has them. Because Paula's writing is great. She's a miracle worker. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait for her to read more stuff. I think this was her debut. I'm 100% sure this was her debut. You're 100, you really want that? You, you're 100% <sighs> that's, that's, sure? I'm really bad at math, but go, yes. Go, I would go 99.9. Yes. Yes. But it, but you came out of the woodwork like this novel was the biggest novel in 2015 it was on all the lists of the must-haves and number ones here number one there and one thing i did not like about it was that they compared it to gone girl i mean yeah the unreliable the unreliable narrator yeah i get but what book nowadays doesn't have an unreliable narrator right i mean i feel like every novel is compared to gone girl now yeah which is I'm, great. I mean, I haven't I haven't listened to or seen the movie for mm-hmm. Gone Girl, but I mean, if we if we went so far back, Gone Girl was copied off of The Catcher in the Rye. That was an unreliable narrator. That's true. Boy, yeah. But, but anyway, but has it been banned? But no, it has for not. no reason. <laughs> But yes, I just, I did not like the comparison of this is the next Gone Girl. Because I yes, I loved Gone Girl. I loved the book. I actually read that one. I didn't listen to it. Mm. Um, but, and I love the author. I love Gillian Flynn, which we talked about in a, we've in talked about in the future with other episodes that we've recorded. But the idea that this, this is a book all, all on its own. And I yeah. loved it. It was an amazing piece of literature. Yeah. I don't find it to be, I mean, I know what happens in Gone Girl because... Who doesn't know what happens in Gone Girl yeah, at this you, point? You see Ben Affleck's butt, and that's yeah. what happens. Or no, his, his wiener, right? I don't know. I don't know. I, know, I, I haven't seen it. You haven't seen the movie? I haven't seen the movie or read the book oh or listened god. to the book at all. Oh my god. But I feel like everybody knows the twist nowadays because yeah. it's just everywhere. Exactly. That's the twist all the time yeah. now. I feel like everybody knows the twist of Gone Girl, but in this, I feel like it wasn't Gone Girl. It did come out of nowhere. Yeah. But it makes so much sense. Yeah. If you listen to the novel and then you go back and you re-listen to the novel, all the clues are there. They are. They, they, they feel they, like they're there. They're there. They're there. Yeah. This is definitely a read-over, second-time-around kind of novel. Yeah, you have, like, epiphanies everywhere. I definitely... I think I listened to this at least twice. That's cool. I only did once. Well, I had to listen to it again because oh, I had to restart it because I had to get used to the British. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you had a problem with that. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it because oh everyone... when when I heard the beginning of it I was just I was in I I was hooked completely from the very beginning and it was partially because of those accents yeah, I, you I love, love you love the accents it just takes me a while it takes me a while so let's talk about how you listen to the book you just said you listened to it in one night yep and I listened to it through Audible mm-hmm. So I, I did the same one. This was another on the way, on the commute to work kind of situation. And I'm not going to lie, as I was driving out my, driving to work and looking out my window, I was imagining myself on a train. That's how you at, have to read it. Looking Let's out the it. window, looking at all the houses I passed. Yeah, with a British accent. This is a beautiful house. Look at those beautiful people. I want to be those beautiful people. Maybe I am the stalker. I think you are the stalker. <laughs> You've been asking for a stalker, but you are the stalker. <laughs> I listened to this the entire day 
Mm-hmm. And up until, like, going to bed and just listening to it, like, in bed, and I had to sleep with the light on. Ooh. Because <laughs> I was so scared. It oh just, goodness. like... It, is, it, get, it does get you in the end. It is a thriller. It does get you. So, where do you think other people should listen to this? Anywhere. On a train. On a train. That was your yeah. answer. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Oh, Go to... I fail at this. The next available train station. Yeah, and just ride a train. Probably get questioned by somebody. Yeah. Just tell them that you're you're researching a part. So, yes, definitely on a train. If you don't have a train available... Find one. Find one or... Go, go to the mall and ride those little baby trains. Yes! Or at least hire someone to drive you around and you look... And feel like you're on a train. Yeah. Just have train sounds exactly. over the radio. And you can play this podcast. We'll do them for you. Chugga, 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 chugga. Choo, choo. See? It works. Perfect. <laughs> we are your train. So we are passion. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So audiobook, actual book. And now that there's a movie, which one should you do? All three. All three. I would I would do the same. I mean. Actually, I don't know. I don't think I would read it. Yeah. I don't think I would actually, read it. Actually, yeah. I take back my answer. I probably wouldn't read it. I would just listen to it. Listen to it over and over. And then. And then go see the movie. Go see the movie. It's amazing. <laughs> I want to see it again. <gasps> Here we go. The big question. Do we even have to ask this question? Because I'm pretty sure everybody knows that we're going to shelf it. Exactly. It's going to be shelved next to two bookends because it's going to be just centered. Yeah. Centered on the shelf. And there's going to be a light that's just like peeking through the mm-hmm. blinds mm-hmm. on it and it highlights it perfectly. And it's going to shadow all the other books. And it's going to be like, girl on the train. Girl on the train. Girl on the train. What do you think about the girl versus woman? Why do you think they use girl? This is a random question. I'm going off the, off the limb here, but. I think girl on the train flows better. She constantly was describing Jess, who Rachel creates mm-hmm. by seeing these strangers like on their porch and everything mm-hmm. like that. She comes up with this fake name and gives them a fake life. When she is describing them initially, I think she says girl. I think she describes mm-hmm. her as a girl. And so I feel like it's almost, I don't know, something mm-hmm. with in British culture, maybe. Mm-hmm. They they prefer, I mean, I prefer maybe. girl on the train. Because yeah. woman on the train just sounds so... I feel I like know, there's... I imagine like a 70-year-old woman. Mm-hmm. When, I think of, when I think of girl, I think of, I mean, every woman starts off... Duh. As a girl. And the fact that you have to grow and mature. Yeah. And really kind of figure it out your life. That's actually, that's actually true. And I, I'm going to jump on board the train on that one. But yeah, I agree. It's like she starts, Rachel starts off very naive Mm -hmm. and very trusting of people that she shouldn't trust. Mm -hmm. And throughout the novel, it just becomes clear. She's very immature. She Mm -hmm. acts, she acts like a girl. And so by the end of the novel Mm -hmm. though, I feel like it could be called, woman on the train by the end and now that you mentioned the maturity part you'll definitely tell that all the men written in this book are super immature Mm -hmm. and they never grow up so they're always boys always the boys on the side of the train yes hit them with the train yeah oh that's good (laughs) we're gonna use that All right, so that concludes our audiobook podcast review of The Girl on the Train. Mm -hmm. We hope you enjoyed it. Yes. Because we definitely did. Yeah, take a train and go see the movie right now. All right, and should we lead them out with our sound effect? Chugga, 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 chugga. Choo-choo. All right. Sorry, we're back. (laughs) We're back. All aboard. (laughs) (laughs) The next train came back into the station and we were on it. Whoops. Um... (laughs) 
Don't forget to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. And please, please, please review us. Want all of those. We love awesome. your. We love to hear from you, and we hope to get some feedback from you guys to make us better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Bye. Bye. Again. All aboard. All aboard. This has been Audio Shelf, where we release new episodes every Monday. If you want to stay updated, listen to previous episodes, or suggest audiobooks for us to feature, visit us at audioshelf.me. We are Brad and Brittany. Thank you for listening.